Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. All right, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter number 34. Amen. I felt like what the Lord was going is that we were needing a, I guess I called it summer in the Psalms. <laughs> Amen. The Lord just really impressed me about being in Psalms and studying a little bit about Psalms. And so we're going to do that uh, today. Oh, there is one other thing. We, uh, because of the water situation and all of that, we're not going to have Sunday night service. I don't know when they're going to do the water and all that kind of stuff. And I know how that's very inconvenient and everything. So, And plus my uncle's leaving and so I want to see him. So <laughs> just, throwing, just being honest. So <laughs> amen. So we're just not going to have Sunday night service. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I like church, but, you know, I, I like family too. And I think you need to be with your family too when you can. God understands and God knows that. Amen. So we won't have Sunday uh, service tonight. I might just do something on Facebook. Y'all just look for me. I might do a little quick little video. So y'all just watch on Facebook. Amen. I might do a little sermonette for you. <laughs> Praise God. Psalms chapter number 34, starting with verse number 1. And it says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning real briefly if I can. Just a simple message. Try God. Amen. Try God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. God, we just thank you for your presence that's already here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the, for the music and everything, Lord, that just ushered in your presence this morning. God, we just ask that now during this time where we are listening and studying and looking into your word, that God, that word would penetrate our heart, God, that it would break up the hard soul and deepen our soul. And God, it would just bring life and renourishment, God, and refreshing, Lord. God, I know we ain't got any water in this building, but Lord, with your living water, hallelujah, it'll spring forth out of us. Hallelujah, out of our bellies. And we thank you for that this morning. 
Lord, just help me as I preach your word, as I deliver what you have laid on my heart to your precious saints this morning. We give you the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Oh, church, there are many challenges in life today. Amen. Uh, There are many obstacles and things that we face, I know that. But there's also a challenge to us sometimes. How many of you remember the ice bucket challenge? Amen, where it was for um, that, I forget the disease right now off the top of my head, but they challenged everybody to raise money to this disease and how they did it was by challenging somebody to do an ice bucket challenge. So they would go and fill that a bucket with cold ice and then they would call out who else wants to do the challenge and dump it on top of their head. Amen. Sometimes at work or in our life we are faced with challenges, or I should say things that maybe stump us, or kind of um, we have to use (laughs) a little bit more (laughs) of this brain than we normally do. Amen? Hallelujah. I know there are some people that excel at challenges and love the fact of things that challenge them. And I know there's some that are like me that when they are faced with challenge, they panic and run around like a crazy man in circles and think, my goodness, how am I going to fix this? Oh, I've got all so much things to do with this and that and the other. Challenges. I know we face challenges, but what I'm talking about is that challenge that pushes us, that challenge that says to us, You're not where you're supposed to be, so come up a little bit higher. As we read this psalm, here is a challenge from David, a man who was found God-faithful. Here is a challenge from a man with a heart filled with praise. This psalm, it says in the top before you get into the verses of my Bible. It says a psalm of praise and trust. A psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Imelech and and who drove him away and he departed. Let me tell you the story about this psalm. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter number 21. Starts with verse number 10. David was running... From Saul. Saul, the king of Israel, was after David. He, and David, of course, was his right-hand man. He was his bodyguard. He was, God had appointed him to be the next in line for the throne. And, and Saul became very jealous and hated him. And so he chased him and wanted to kill David. And he was so consumed about it that All around, David had to hide and run. He was faced with a challenge. Challenge to just keep his life. (laughs) Amen. And so as as you read in 1 Samuel chapter number 21, verse number 10, it starts where David runs and he goes to the city of Gath, which is a city um, that was uh, part of the Philistine uh, 
army or the country, the Philistines, that was a Philistine city. And so as he goes and he wants to go into the city, the soldiers there look and they get the king and they ask the king to come and look and see who it is to see if they can have permission for him to come in. And one of the soldiers said, Is that not David? Is that not David who they say Saul has killed his thousand and ten, his, and David his ten thousand? And when they looked, David heard this and got afraid and didn't know what to do because, of course, if you remember, little David was the one who took and killed their uh, adversary, their champion, the giant Goliath. So as he sits there and he ponders, he does something very unusual. He acts crazy. He starts clawing on the door of the city of the gate there. And then the Bible says that he starts to just slobber and spit and get all over his beard and he begins to act crazy. And the king says to his men, basically, why did y'all call me to this madman? I've already got to deal with crazy people in my own kingdom. I don't want another man to have to deal with. Send him away. And David left and he found a cave and he laid in that cave. But oh, you would think that at that time David would be at his wit's end. You would think that David was in a very desperate situation. He thought how stupid and silly was I to act in that way to save my life. But all of a sudden, there was about 400 men that came to David's side. And of those 400 men, it said was his mother and father. And then he went to Moab, going on now to chapter number 22, and he takes them to the king of Moab and asks them, could you please take care of my mom and dad? And he said, I would. During this time, David wrote that song in that cave. During that time, David found himself to be encouraged. Yes, he was in a particular rut and it got to the point where he got so desperate I was talking to Brother Kenneth and we were talking about the water and, or somebody, I think maybe Sister Cat, I don't remember now. But I said, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures and you will do crazy things in order to get something, some relief sometimes. Amen. Oh, I remember when I had my first kidney stone and I paced and run and the only thing I could do to get relief was when we lived in Gainesville, it happened there, and we had this little blow-up pool thing. And I mean that pool, it was during the winter time, and we didn't clean it, it was dirty, had pine straw all on it, bugs floating on it, everything. But that water was so cold, I jumped in that water and just started walking around in circles to get relief. We'll do anything we can to get relief. But David, as he writes this psalm, challenges us and challenges those that read it to try God. Try 
the Lord. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We don't only read that here, but we read it in Hebrews 6 and 5 where Paul has said, how can somebody fall from God when they've tasted and seen of His goodness? 1 Peter 2 and 3 says the same thing, oh, to taste and see of the goodness of the Lord. I'm paraphrasing those two, but basically it reiterates the same. That those two men have tasted of the Lord. David has tasted of the Lord and said he is good. And he challenges us today. Blessings are promised to those who accept this challenge this morning. So why in all of this did David issue this challenge? Why is it that David is saying to us this morning that the Lord is good? We need to taste of Him. First we've got to understand verse number 4. The Lord had delivered him from his fears. <laughs> it says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. When, a, when he was afraid, David prayed. Last night I kind of woke up and, you know, I've got contact so I can't see very well at night. And I looked and I think Everett kind of kicked me or something. And so I woke up a little bit and I stood up in the bed and I looked. And Sister Liz, I saw something. It was in my window. And I said, that's a man. And he's looking in my window. Now, note now, I want to tell you something. My house is on cement pilings or uh, concrete. It's about this high. I mean, from the house. And so then the house starts up here. So there's no way that somebody can just look in my window. Unless they have a ladder. So I'm thinking, there is sure enough a man in my window. And he is looking at me. And I got a little bit closer and I looked. And it was the funniest thing. Because when I faced the window, he was gone. But when I sat back to my bed, he was there. And I deduced that what it was, was Eric's little stupid men that, had, that was there on, the, on, my, uh, on my dresser behind me. So when I got in front of, the, front of that man, he was gone. But when I let that shadow of that light portray that man, I'm telling you, when you're afraid, you start thinking crazy things. Good Lord, I don't have a gun, but I thought I should, I've got at least a BB gun. I'd, I'd get his eye or something. I'd make him hurt or something. I'd pretend I've got something big. Oh, but when we're afraid and when fear grips our heart, amen, from the, strong, from the weakest of, of sinners to the strongest of saints, when you are afraid... You act a little crazy. <laughs> you act a little mad. And David was a man that was afraid. In fact, he was afraid of his own life. He knew that his life would be taken from him. 
But he found that in those moments where he was afraid, that God was always that, that shelter to hide into. Oh, that man that would deliver him from his fears. Oh, answered prayer made David a praising person because he knew when he was afraid that God would answer his prayer. David had many reasons to fear. He tended to sheep alone in his youth. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34, he faced mighty Goliath in chapter um, 17, again, 39 through 48 of that same book, 1 Samuel. Within that, we've read also where he faced the lion and he faced the bear. And so David was a man that was, <laughs> that trouble found him. Have you ever been like that? Sometimes I feel that trouble loves me. Because I seem to always get in trouble. Or I always make somebody mad. Or there is always something that is going on that I am upsetting somebody or they don't like me. Especially, not y'all, <laughs> but it happens at work of the strangest places. <laughs> oh, that people would just get so mad and I don't even do nothing but answer their questions, but they just don't like my answers, I guess. <laughs> but David was a man that just was full of trouble. Trouble will always find him. And yet through the troubles, through the terror that he faced, God always proved himself to David. That he was a man that he could trust. That he was a God that, looked, that was up high but looked down low. That he was a God that understood what was David going through. And that he would always be there with him. David sought the Lord when he was afraid. And David is a good example for all of us. To when that fear grips our heart. When we're bogged down with trouble and we don't quite yet know what to do. I know this is silly, but sometimes, you know, I always seem to lose my keys or to lose something that I need at that very moment. I'm so scatterbrained sometimes, I'm afraid if my neck was not attached, my head was not attached to my neck, I'd probably lose that. But I just lose and... I don't know why I put things in, like in the refrigerator or in a cabinet or something like that. I don't know why. One time I put something up in a very high ledge that I've got. Keys. And I thought, well, why did I do that? Why did I put keys way up there? Just crazy stuff. But David is a good example to us. That when we're afraid, when we're in these troubling times, he always turned to God. Now, folks, David wasn't perfect. David, and I'll say this, David ought to know better to go to Gath. David ought to know better to go to the Philistines to see if he could get some help from them. He killed Goliath. <laughs> he killed their champion. They was enemy number one. If they had a, what was that show long time ago? It used to come on on Friday nights. And it was that man, and he always was scary. He was an ex-cop, and he'd always talk, America's Most Wanted. 
Man, you remember that America's Most Wanted? Uh, if they had a uh, Philistine's Most Wanted, David would have been the number one man. They always say at the end who was the number one most wanted and to help them. And if you know any information, to call these people and all of that. He was their number one man. Oh, they, they hated David. But folks, David wasn't perfect. And let me tell you this, neither are we. We're not perfect. We mess up. Sometimes fear makes us do stupid things. And sometimes fear makes us make decisions that are not right because of fear. Amen? But despite all of that, David knew that he could trust God. And yeah, he messed up. But when he realized he did, he tasted and saw that the Lord was good. He tasted and saw that the Lord was good. Oh, church today, peace be still. The peace be still of Jesus calms our fears today. Jesus said, peace be still. Calmed a raging storm. And oh, when we're in those storms of life, Jesus can speak to you and I and say, peace be still. God is bigger than our fears. So why should we be afraid? Psalms 27 and 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hallelujah. We don't have to fear this morning because God is with us. The Lord had delivered him from his fears. That's why David could say that he, that he challenges us to taste and see that the Lord is good. And also the Lord had saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 6. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Sometimes church, all we can do is cry out to God. <laughs> Sometimes all we can do is just cry to God. Sometimes, folks, we get so overwhelmed that we don't even know where to start. Sometimes. Sometimes when I'm overwhelmed with stuff at work, I think I've got so much stuff to do, I don't know even where to begin. Where to start at. And folks, sometimes in life that can happen to us. We just don't know where to start. These are fearful, but faith-building times. Yes, we do, we, it's an uncomfortable time when we're dealing with trouble. And trouble almost seems to overwhelm us. And trouble seems to almost just engulf us. And we're afraid of what the outcome comes but it is also a time to build our faith to know that God sees us where we're at and He knows that He can help us. Man's extremity often becomes God's opportunities. Man's troubles often become God's opportunity to show himself mighty to us. 
How many, how many times has He done it for us? How many times have we found that God just came through and helped us in the nick of time? This is true also, church, for salvation. Folks, I've said this before, but if God never done anything else for you, never answered a prayer, every time you said, God, do this or do that or whatever, and every answer He said was no, 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 mm -mm, not going to do it. But if He saved your soul, it's worth every no that He said to you. To know that He redeemed you, brought you out of a miry clay, set you on a rock to stay. Hallelujah. Oh, it's so true of salvation. Unable to save ourselves, we cry out to Jesus. We understand and say, God, I'm in trouble. My life is in trouble. I need help. I need a Savior to help me. And oh, won't He do it. He saves us when we can't even save ourselves. He saves our souls and we can't even save ourselves. Hallelujah. David found his Lord was up to the occasion. And God saved him out of all of his troubles. And folks, he can do the same for you and me. He can save us out of our trouble. Now folks, sometimes... We don't necessarily like the way He saves us, (laughs) but He saves us nonetheless. Sometimes He brings us out into some unusual circumstances. And sometimes He puts us in a place where we say, God, why have you let me here? (laughs) Why have you brought me to this place? Sometimes... God brings us to a place to save us from our own selves. Sometimes God just takes us to a place so that He can talk to us and get everything straight with us. Amen? Lastly, David, the Lord, had delivered him from his fears. He delivered him out of his troubles. And the Lord delivered him in times of danger. Verse 7 said, The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. David discovered he was not alone. Even in times of peril, he could feel secure. God's deliverance of his people is found throughout the Bible. See, David acted crazy. Oh, trying to escape where he was afraid that the Philistines were going to get him. He ends up going to a cave all by himself. Again, I'm sure he thinks that he's just, God, have I just been this desperate that I'll just do anything to escape danger. And then 400 people come, including his mama and his daddy. Oh, he knew that in times of peril, He could be secure. Folks, in times where danger is all around us, we can be secure knowing that God is with us, that God is fighting for us, that God is protecting us from all danger. You know, 
I was driving. We were just going to Panama. We were going to Callaway real quick. It was just me and Marcy and, um, and the kids. And we were going. And I always like to go through Tyndall. But this time I went through Weewall. And it was kind of getting late afternoon-ish. And I said to Marcy, I said, you know, there has just been a lot of wrecks on that road from Weewall down to going through, uh, right through Callaway. And we saw all these little monuments out on that road where people, there was a wreck or someone had died. Or, and we passed about two or three cars that were on the side of the road, flat tire, bumper missing and all of that kind of stuff. And I got a little nervous, and so I just became focused. How many of you ever done that just driving, and you're like, oh, I don't want to hear no radio. I don't want to hear no talking. I just want to drive. <laughs> I'm just focusing my eyes on the road. And then Everett says something crazy, and it jerks me. And I'm like, oh, hush, y'all. I'm trying to drive. <laughs> because it was a time of danger. It was a time of, we thought, man, I've got to make sure our country, because I don't know what's going to happen. But God led us through. Didn't get in a wreck. We're here. How many times that, you know, I didn't see somebody, but sure enough, pulled right out in front of somebody. And oh, they gave me that number one sign. And so, you know, they used that in between your fingers there, that number one sign. And, you know, <laughs> and I didn't mean it, but good Lord, I mean, I just didn't see him and I pulled right in front of somebody. But God just helped. God just moved. And sometimes, folks, I'm afraid we can also get into, what can I say? How can I say it? Like we expect it. Oh, God's just going to take care of me. Sometimes he does, and most times he will. But sometimes he don't. Sometimes things are allowed because of our own stupidity sometimes or things that we weren't paying attention or something like that. And it's always in those times where we ought to be thankful. That's why I say thankful that we're in God's house because I know we take it to granted. And Sister Joan, I know, and I'm just picking on you here, but I know you're just right here at the church and you could just walk across this church and it just be, you know, I'm just going to church, walk by. But folks, you don't know what what even from from this church here what we experience or what we do you know Britt was cutting my grass and there was a snake that just went by him a water moccasin that just went by him i said oh don't cut the grass i said don't, i don't know where he's at but just let it dry off a little bit just don't don't cut the grass there's danger everywhere around us folks and I talked to Brother Waddell, and he reminded me too about when Brother Todd a long time ago said that their coming day would be, be fearful of going to the doctor. And how many stories have we hear of people being misdiagnosed or people having problems and it's not that or they're not finding something and then you have to go somewhere else and they find it and it's just this big mess. We live in dangerous and disturbing times. But despite all of that, church, God is still faithful. God is still faithful. And He will protect His own. 
Oh, David said, oh, taste. Just taste and see that the Lord is good. I've tried them. I've tried them for my own self. And I know that he's good. I know that he's good. I know that he's good. Oh, folks, sometimes we also become unhappy. Do you know that you can be unhappy? (laughs) You can be unhappy in this world. And you can try and find happiness. You can look to this, a, a, a drug, a liquid. Some people like the thrill. And so they'll go and do these crazy, uh, they'll go on bridges, I saw, bungee jump, and they'll just jump off. And that bungee snaps them before they get into the water and they think that's the greatest thing. Or some people go to high cliffs and they have this suit on and they'll fall and that suit will just glide them down and they'll have a parachute to go down. Some people jump through planes. Some people dive into shark infested water to experience danger. There's a, um, have you read the book, um, the, what chapter are you on? The Overcomer book that we're doing this, um, uh, that we're doing our Bible study on. This, the chapter we're studying on is um, Overcoming Anxiety with Peace. I believe that's chapter four or five. And the first, when, he, when you start it, when you read it, he talks about there is a place in Houston, Texas, and I looked it up and it's real. And it's called Tantrum. And what you do, this guy buys all this old furniture, all these old electronics. They don't even work. They're just furniture and all that. He puts them in rooms and he gives that person like you can do five minutes, 10 minutes or 15 minutes and you pay during that time. And you can get a baseball bat, a sledgehammer, a crowbar. Or something else. And he locks you in that room. And you just go to town. You just break and shatter. And throw dishes. And you just break everything in that room. For that minute. Sometimes you even go outside. And there's a car. And you just get this sledgehammer. And you just beat that car to about do a pulp. Just beat it. And he said sometimes people with stress that they will just do that. They will want to lash out or they have so much build up within them that they just release it out in this violent anger and this frustration. And they get that relief. But of course the author, and I won't do our Bible study now. (laughs) That's Wednesday. But he said that God has such a better alternative than that violent behavior. I mean, I don't think that that's wrong. I don't think that that's bad and all that kind of stuff. But again, I won't talk too much about that. But folks, people are always trying to search for something that's happy. Trying to find something that will fill this hole that's deep within their hearts. And they'll never be able to find it. They'll never be able to do it. Only God can fill that hole. Only the blood of Jesus 
could cover that. I read an article on Facebook. I don't know how true this is. But they said if you take a human heart and you wash it and you dip and you get all of the blood out of that organ, it becomes white. I mean white as snow almost. And I thought to myself, with this sin sin sick heart (laughs) that's black. How God takes it, gets all of that ucky out of it, cleans us with his blood, and makes us white as snow. Would you stand tonight, or this morning? Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com slash gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.